Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with Jeffrey Skolnick. He is an experienced CPA with a history that spans more than 30 years. He has been assisting small business owners with their businesses for over 30 years. Whether you are an individual who already owns a small business, is considering opening or purchasing one, or just someone who requires tax advice, I think this man is a good choice. Let's learn more about how he got started with his career. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, thank you. I appreciate being here. Uh, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Having me out there. Uh, so how Absolutely. things are going for you? Things are going great here. You know, uh, we've been fortunate enough to be working from home. And our kids are working with us from home. So it's been really exciting past few months. And, uh, you know, um, we, so I, I got connected. We got connected uh, through matchmaker.fm, which is a service provided by Pod, Podit, I think. I can't even remember the name of the company. I just got introduced to Matchmaker and Jeffrey, you reached out and he said, hey, I would love to be on your podcast and talk about, talk about what I know. So I was like, hey, you're a CPA. I've been looking for somebody to, I've been looking for somebody like yourself to talk to about my state of small business and my state of what's going on in the world. So to start it off, you know, I would love to get a little background on, you know, how you got into this field, what's inspired you and kept you in this field and, and um, yeah, go from there. Sure. Well, uh, I, uh, as we just, when we spoke previously, I, I let you know, uh, I went to college down at University of Maryland, uh, graduated way back in 1984, uh, got out, got a job with an accounting firm, um, just as I was, uh, I was a junior accountant, um, worked my way up eventually, well, switched after a year, went to another firm, wound up uh, passing my CPA exam, and I guess it was about uh, it was the end of 1995, so I guess I had been in, in business for about 11 and a half years. Yeah. Um, I decided to venture out on my own. Um, I, the firm I was with, which had been a smaller firm, which I liked, I had been acquired by a large firm, mm -hmm. and I, I wasn't as enamored with that as I was with the smaller firm, um, and I had spoken to a couple of people, and I just kind of decided I wasn't happy there, and I was going to, you know, I had a couple of accounts. I started building some things up and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on my own and kind of decide what I want to do, like whether yeah. I want to take my accounts to another firm, you know, and become a partner there, whether I wanted to go to a private accounting firm or, you know, kind of see what happened. And I just kind of decided to see what happened. And 24 and a half years later, it's still happening. <laughs> I, don't know. I, never, I never really made it. I, I got really used to um working on my own and, and, and it's funny because you you know i always say that um every day that you work on your own it makes it harder to work for somebody else in fact i oh, did yeah. some business coaching with a guy 
who used to call it psychologically unemployable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that you can't go work for somebody else, but in fact, the, the, honestly, the strangest thing for this whole pandemic has been for me, I work out of my house and I work at yeah. my, my office is in the basement. So between you know, early in tax season, you know, up, up through like maybe March 15th, I'm working on partnerships and, and corporations. And I tend to go the, to the businesses themselves because that's mm -hmm. where the records are. It just makes things a little bit easier. But generally, once I go from like March 15th to April 15th, it's usually 90% of my days are spent at home. So for me to be quarantined between mm -hmm. March 15th and, you know, man, now it's running a little bit long. But the, the strangest thing to me was it's really not that strange. That's kind of what I do at, at that time of year. And I kind of popped my head up last week and I was like, yeah, what are people doing that aren't working? Because I mean, we've been, you know, I mean, as an accountant, I've been so busy with this, um, you know, and we'll get into that in a little while with, with, with yeah. CARES Act and everything. But uh, so that that's just kind of what happened. I, I wound up going on my own. And then, like I said, after a while, the first, the first year I was out, uh, I had left, I had a couple of accounts on my own. And I had worked a couple of per diem jobs just until mm -hmm. I built up a little bit of a business. And then after about a year, uh, I was just totally on my own. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just been a different, it's been a different lifestyle, you know, for me, because I've, I've been used to working at home. I mean, mm -hmm. in some ways it's great. I mean, because outside of tax season, I have a little bit more time. And, you know, I was always, you know, the parent that was able to go on the class trips when my kids were. Mm -hmm. you know, small. Um, but, you know, during tax season, you know, it's probably not as good being on your own because you're literally working 24 seven. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just, and if you're not and you're awake, you feel like you should be working. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a little bit stressful. And, uh, you know, as you could imagine, you know, ever since this, um, you know, this tax season has been very strange, um, you know, first of all, being extended and that itself wasn't really a big deal. It's just, okay, so we extended it, you know, it's actually kind of easy because when I get returns, I call people are home because where are yeah, they going right? so to answer my question. And then all of a sudden, when the, when the law passed on March 27th, um, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? Like, you know, and I remember reading the law on March 27th and saying, oh, my God. You know, as this was coming, I was like, this is going to be huge. Like just looking yeah. at between the, the economic impact payments and the PPP. Uh, I, you know, which is the payroll protection plan, a uh, program, I, I kind of knew that it was going to be huge. And so what I did was uh, I decided to get out in front of it. And um, what I did was I, I put together information and the law passed on the 27th on a Friday. And I had my first Facebook live on Monday, March 30th. Um, because nice. I knew everybody was going to know. And then since that time, you know, whether it's through my Facebook lives or my emails or podcasts, I've um, tried to keep everybody updated. And I'll be honest, my podcasts are probably most behind out of everything, but um, but I'm going to get some, you know, a couple more of those in there as well. But you know, between my email list and and, and my and my Facebook Live, I've tried to keep everybody as up to date as I can. And you know, if you've been watching this at all, you know that you know the law was passed very very quickly. Um, 880 pages of, of legislation that came out. Luckily, I only had wow. the first quarter of it uh, because the last three quarters really had nothing to do with me. And since then, you know, there's been, you know, almost every other day, there's been something else that's come out, you know, a clarification here, a clarification there. And, and, and uh, it's, been, it's been a wild ride and there's a whole lot more to go, <laughs> as, as I'm sure you've seen in the news. 
Wow, that's just amazing. I mean, they are putting out a lot of money and it totally makes sense that you'd be super busy because now people are coming to you and be like, dude, how can I make off of this? Well, <laughs> I mean, this the way it works is when I, when I looked at it, it affected almost everybody. And if mm. you look at it, the way the rules were written, it was not, there certainly was no clarity as to who could get it, why this, that. And that's why you had people like, you know, Shake Shack and, and Ruth's Chris, all these public companies that, that you, know, mo you know, some of which have given the money back. I mean, so yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers got, got money. So basically, <laughs> you, you know, almost anybody, uh, there, there was, you know, there were, there were few restrictions. You had to be under 500 people. And, and mm -hmm. you know, there, there were some things that came out. Yeah. But what happened was all the clarifications that were coming out have mostly been to this point on the borrowing end of it. And it's, and it's mostly been on this payroll protection program. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm guessing is, is is where you wanted to hear about because that's kind of what everybody wanted to hear about. Yeah, exactly. That almost never bothered me. Mm -hmm. uh, not even I don't even want to say bother me. It almost never contacted me, but you know now had some real concerns. And you know I, I just took the I just took the thought process that you know I'm there to help them, right? Yeah. And, and, and this is when they need help. And I really made the decision. And fortunately, my clients have been very forgiving and very patient because. I pretty much put a lot of tax returns on back burner saying, hey, look, yeah. we have three more months to file them. And I have to deal with people that are trying to, because the process of getting the money yeah. has been kind of odd. Like the, the eligibility does not change. You know, like whether, no matter what bank or lending institution you use, the, the eligibility requirements don't change. But the documentation requirements by the particular lender mm -hmm. uh, can all be different. So, and some banks are smooth and some are not. <laughs> it's just so this, this that's a ton of information. Let's break it down a little bit sure. because I'm sure my audience is uh, not 100% or maybe they are 100%. I don't know, you know what they're thinking. But for, for my sake, because I don't know the d entire detail, let's break it down to, you know, what are these eligibilities? What are something, what, what does somebody's got to have to be able to be eligible, uh, you know, Tell us, tell us a little well, more sure. details on well, that area. Yeah. The biggest part, or, or the, the part that you keep seeing all the all, all the um, the print about, is is the payroll protection program. Sometimes you'll see it written as PPP. Yeah. And that's the money that was to go to small businesses, generally speaking. And, yeah. And if you start to get in every specific, you could be here for the next three days. But generally mm -hmm. speaking, it's for smaller companies, which they defined as under 500 employees. Okay. Uh, you pretty much had to show that you were affected by COVID-19 and mm. that or you had to certify that the uncertainty of the events made it, um, made, made you put you in a position where you needed to get some money um, in order to keep people on payroll. Because the whole yeah. idea of it, obviously by the name payroll protection program mm -hmm. was to preserve payroll and you know, get people paid and hopefully keep them off unemployment. Now, yeah. It's been a bit of a slow rollout, so I don't know that it's completely worked that way. In fact, I think you have a lot of people, you know, I, I mean, obviously the, 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 the unemployment numbers are going, you know, through the roof. Through the roof, but I yeah. think you may start to see some people come off because what happened is, like, I know I have clients. Mm -hmm. where the idea of the act was to get people money almost immediately so that they could keep, continue to pay people and, and keep them off unemployment. That yeah. didn't happen. So didn't what happened happen. was a lot of people, let's say you owned a hair salon, right? Now, you don't have the money right now. You can't pay your people. Nobody's coming in. What do you do? So your employees all went for unemployment. Now, when you eventually get that PPP money, yeah. 
you're going to have to hire them all back. So that so I think you're going to see some people come off unemployment because you know people uh, there are some people that certainly got money through the first round of funding, but as you know that that ran out, you know. Yeah less than two weeks and it probably took almost a week for, for some banks to even get up and running mm-hmm. uh, fully i mean the, almost all were up within a day or two but you know they're all they've all been working out kinks ever since and you know some of the kinks have been who's eligible what's this how do we calculate the maximum loan amount all, all these yeah. different things and, and pretty much the way it was worked was you took your your payroll over the over in the course of 2019 uh and whether you're, uh, if, if let's say you had regular traditional payroll, you would take your payroll for, for 2019 uh, and divide it by by 12 months. And then you were able to come up with your average payroll cost. Um, there were some adjustments you had to make to it. <clears throat> In other words, if anybody made over $100,000, <clears> you had to limit them to $100,000. They didn't want they didn't want people that were making a lot of money just to get rich off of this. This yeah. was you know, employed, just for employees. So you got to take the, you know, basically their gross payroll. A little bit was added for like state income taxes. Um, you could all state unemployment taxes. I'm sorry, and then you could add certain in, in for the employees. You could add in retirement benefits and health benefits. You came yeah. up with all of this number, divided it out, came up with your monthly cost. Then multiple that that was your average monthly payroll. Mm-hmm. And then that number times 2.5 was the maximum loan. Now that's pretty much how it worked if you had employees. If yeah. you were what was different about this was it was also available for people that were sole proprietor or is available for people that are sole proprietors or independent contractors. Interesting. So people that file Schedule C um, and, and, and have money that's not from a traditional W-2 wage job. Mm-hmm. And the way that was, you would take your income for 2019, if you looked at your Schedule C, yeah. you would take that and divide it by 12, unless you were um, over 100,000. And again, then you were capped at 100,000, divide that by 12. But interestingly enough, and I don't know why, um, mm-hmm. but partners and partnerships and individuals that are self-employed, you know, whether they're independent contractors or sole proprietors, mm-hmm. were not allowed to add in their health benefits and retirement benefits. Um, best explanation I can give you is what my parents used to tell me when I was a kid, which is because they said so. <laughs> so, they said so. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know why an S-Corp owner can get $100,000 salary plus health benefits plus retirement benefits. Yeah. And a Schedule C person can only get $100,000, but what it is what it is, and, and we have to abide by the rule. I am not advocating for anyone to right. deceive the SBA or, or the, the federal government. So that's kind of how it worked. And again, so the rules were, were fairly simple, except you know there was a lot of parsing of words as far as what was the maximum pay, what was includable in payroll, what wasn't it. And there were a bunch of clarifications and frequently asked questions that came up about four different rounds that, that they came out. And mm-hmm. the interesting part about the, the PPP is that if the proceeds are used in the manner as intended, you can get forgiveness of part of or all of the proceeds. So in other words, you know, let's say you get the money and it's based on two and a half, you know, months of payroll. Yeah. Then you pay people for the next eight weeks once you get it. And, and like now the forgiveness part is starting to come out and people are trying to determine exactly how to apply for the, or, or exactly how to get the forgiveness on a loan. But pretty much what has to happen is you have to use at least 75% of it for payroll. Okay. The remaining 25% can be used for rent, utilities, or mortgage interest. Mm. All right. 
but I think this is where again I'm talking about mortgage interest and rent and talking about on your business, not necessarily on the business. Account. Yeah, exactly. Not, um, not, not but joking. now everything that had come out so far really had been on the borrowing end. How do I get the money? Do I qualify? Um, what's my maximum loan amount? All of those things. Now that people are starting to get the money, everybody's starting to ask me the questions on how do I keep the money? What do I have to do for forgiveness? Can I do this? Can I do it? And that's where I think you're going to see equal amounts of clarifications coming out on that. Um, but that's coming because I, I mean, I've told a lot of people, here's what I know so far, but yeah. it's not a lot because, you know, there's questions, you know, can I, let's say I use um, money and I, and I pay these people, my, my, my company, do I have to pay them the same rate they were getting right before they were paid? Can I bonus them some amount? Yeah. I know. So there's a, there's a bunch of clarifications that, that, that need to come out in that area. You have to be. You have to use at least seventy-five percent of of the money for payroll, and the other twenty-five percent, like I said, could be for rent, utilities, and mortgage interest. Um, but there's other reductions too, and it get complicated if your workforce goes down um, by a certain percentage. Your yeah. forgiveness will go down, and and again, that goes back to you have to remember why the program was put in place in the first place. Payroll protection program. It was put in place to keep people off of unemployment. So if you don't bring somebody back from unemployment, then they're going to penalize yeah. you. You got to send that money back. Somebody else to, to increase your workforce. But that whole that whole process, although I know we just did that in a few minutes, yeah, <laughs> it's really been my entire life for the last wow. month. Um, it's been you know because it's pretty much it affects all small businesses and being a sole proprietor, that's my entire client list. Because everybody is a small business, so yeah. either people asking about that, or of course people asking about the um, the economic impact payments, or stimulus payments, or recovery rebates, or whatever name you want to use, and that's the yeah. hundred dollars per thing. person and things like that. And um, again, I'm just I'm just shooting you what what I've been doing. But if you have specific questions or questions you're trying to find out, I mean, yeah. I'm willing to tell you more about it. Absolutely. Give me one sec. Hold on. Sure. So yeah, that's some really dense information and the, wow, I can't, I can't even uh, start to absorb, absorb the information, but it made a lot of, a lot of sense to me. I mean, you, you put it down in very clear layman terms and what this relief fund was specifically for. So small businesses, don't have to put people on furlough and my friends are there are some small businesses like one of my friends he's a dentist and he's like i have to put everybody on furlough because i you know we don't have any it's you know there's no there's no um no patients relief. other than emergencies yeah no I, yes I, I, absolutely and, and he's like as soon as he found out this is going to happen he started calling all the banks lining up all the line of the credits and to so he can float because that's his main source of income right Absolutely. How's he going to stay afloat? Like you got to have savings, you got to have all these things. And when you're working in a job where you got to go in every single day to see clients, to see patients, it's, it's not something like you have a product in place that you can keep selling the product because people are still buying on Amazon. People are still buying, you know, food from the grocery stores because they need to survive. So, but you, when you have a, person-to-person -person connection business, like B2C, you need those uh, affordances, you need those, um, um, what do you call those? 
things in place from the government. Oh, no, no, his systems, no, 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 no doubt. Um, yeah. And in fact, uh, it's funny because you said you always have to have some savings and on it. And it's mm-hmm. funny, you know, one of the things I do is, you know, besides, you know, just the regular accounting, I do some business coaching. And, yeah. and one of the things that, you know, there, there, there's like a whole system I take people through right from, mm-hmm. you know, are you organized in the right type of entity? Like in other words, yeah. Are you an LLC? Are you uh, are you an S corporation? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever? What with sole proprietorship? You know, are you in a system that makes sense? But one of the things I always tell people is when you go on your own, you know, what what do you have as 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 a backup if if, if you run short of cash? You know, do you yeah. have an equity line? Do you have? I mean, I don't love credit cards, but mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, sometimes if you have to, you have to. Do you have savings? Do you have something? Because you know, I have a lot of people who will come out and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go on my own." that's good but what are you going to do and, and you have to realize you're probably not going to get money on day one I mean, even let's say you're a realtor and you get lucky enough to actually sell a house on the first day that you become a realtor which would be pretty damn lucky but let's say it happens you're still not going to get paid for two months so nope, what do you do nope. what if you're uh, somebody who does uh let's say you lay tile and you get it you know you're in a construction industry and you get a job you might again get a job on day one you might go yeah. out do all the work but yeah. you may not get paid until the general contractor gets paid and he or she may not get paid you know for a couple months down the road exactly so, like you always need something in place i mean planning for the pandemic that's not usually something that i <laughs> that i would have thought of when i'm when i'm doing like, just I'm, I'm just being honest about it but no, it, it is something that you know like you said anything that, that you need to be prepared for anything because you don't want to have to go out of business Absolutely. And, and to plan for a pandemic, you, you, you would have to be at least alive for maybe a couple of centuries to be like, Hey, it happened in 1918. I was around and, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that, that obviously this has all been a little rough, but like you said, it, it affected so many businesses and, and there was so much confusion, like the first round of funding from the PPP, um, people weren't even getting loans unless they had a commercial uh, relationship with a bank. Wow. So that left so many sole proprietors like out in the cold because, you know, I, like I have clients that were realtors and yeah. they business really, they, they filed a schedule C because they got a 1099 from their realtor, but they didn't have a business banking relationship with their, with anybody because they didn't need one. Yeah. They've kind of cleared it up a little bit this round, but um, it's just been, it's been crazy. And, and of course, um, I don't know if you wanted to get into it all, um, you know, the economic impact thing, which we can, we can also talk about those as well. Yeah. A lot of people have been um, asking me about that. You know, am I eligible for the $1,200? Is my child eligible for the $1,200? How do I get the other $500? You know, all, all of those types of questions, which I can certainly cover for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was my question. Cause I looked it up. I was like, okay, you have to be at least making this much money to be able to be able to to be eligible. So now when they say a certain amount, they have the numbers up there, but is that gross or is that net? Yeah, well, they go by your adjusted gross income. So okay. if you look at the tax returns, um, yeah, if you go back before, well, I, I'm now the returns, you actually have to look at the adjusted gross income line. But if mm-hmm. you remember like right before 2018 from 2017, yeah. if you remember the long income tax form, AGI, adjusted gross income, was the bottom number on the first page. Yep. <laughs> so it was all your income together, and then there they take some. There's some deductions that they allow you before adjusted gross income, like such as IRAs, self-employed, health insurance, yeah, 
um, 50% of your self-employment tax if you have that, which is, um, that's a fun thing if you've never dealt with before. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if you're self-employed, you, you, you wind up, that, that's probably the biggest um, surprise that I get for people that, go, that are self-employed. But as far as, as far as it works, if you are an individual with under $75,000 mm-hmm. of income, then you were going to get the $1,200 payment, the, you know, the okay. economic stimulus payment. Yeah. If your income was between $75,000 and $99,000, you would get a reduced amount of that $1,200. So in other words, it would phase out over that $24,000. Sure. So, it, so if you were halfway in between, yeah. you would get $600, right? And as you got closer to the $99, you'd get until it went down to zero. Now, same thing now when, if you are a head of household. So in other words, to, in order to be a head of household, you'd have to mm-hmm. have a child. Your income would the phase out would start at one twelve five. Yeah. So from one twelve five to one thirty six five would phase out. And if you were a married couple filing jointly, then it would be uh, if you made under one hundred and fifty thousand, you'd get twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah. And then between one hundred and fifty and one hundred and ninety eight thousand, the same thing. It starts to phase out. Now, that's so that's how those figures work. Now, in addition, there's been some confusion about the five hundred dollars per child. People confuse that to think that that was per dependent. Mm-hmm. Not what it is. Is it, it's the same definition as the children that are available for the two thousand dollar child care credit. Yeah. So they have to be under age seventeen uh, mm-hmm. by the end of two thousand nineteen. So if they've reached age seventeen, then you're you're not going to get um, you're not going to get the credit for them. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that I know has caused a, a bit of confusion. Also, if you're claimed on somebody's return, you're not going to get it. So yeah, you know, cause, cause they're probably, getting it. You know, my, my, my son or daughter was in college and you know, are they going to get their $1,200? Well, yeah. No, because you took them. You know, exactly. and depending on how you read the law, it's, it, 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 it depends on whether it's you actually took them or you're even able to take them. Yeah. Sometimes you have the ability to take a, a child and you don't for, for various reasons. There, 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 there can be a situation where you don't. But generally, I think they're going to look to see if you've taken them and if you, if you haven't, um, they're eligible. Now, one of the other problems that's occurred has been the IRS put up this tool that was supposed to help everybody called Get My Payment. And, and it's gotten better as time has gone on, but a lot of people have clicked on that and they'll see something that says status unavailable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but some of the reasons for that were maybe they're not eligible. And, you know, so of course that had everybody in a panic and I pretty much talked to people and said, look, if you're eligible, you're eligible. Yeah. The problem is now that that system is in the process of getting updated. It might just be a matter of your information's not in there. I mean, I know my parents, I was looking and at first it said they weren't eligible. Or, or, or status unavailable, status unavailable. And then like yeah. three nights ago, I looked and it said, boom, your payment's going to go out on May 1st. Nice. So it could just be a matter of getting your information updated. Um, and, you know, checks are going to be issued manually for, for months yet. So yeah. I think if you don't get it, um, they, there's really no remedy out there yet. But eventually, you know, they're definitely going to come up with a system. I mean, right now, they don't even have enough staff and they're not even looking at paper returns. So, I mean, they yeah. don't really have a system devised to, to help people that haven't gotten the stimulus payments because they haven't even finished paying them yet. But, yeah. you know, let's say you knew you were eligible and, you know, a certain amount of time goes by until they, I don't know how long it's going to be. Obviously, yeah. keep us informed. They'll come up with, again, some type of a remedy and then we'll know. We have to contact them and say, okay, 
you know, he's, you're, you're eligible for $2,400 or, mm-hmm. or let's say 3,400. Let's say you have two kids under, under age 17. How yeah. do we get it? What do we have to do? Yeah. And, and again, like I said, there'll be a, there'll be a system. Um, but it's, it's been, um, it's been interesting because pretty much my entire client list, um, I would say probably three quarters of them are eligible for either the, at least three quarters are either eligible for the PPP, um, you know, the payroll protection program. Yeah. Or, or the stimulus package. So, and wow. some for some were both. Some, some were both. both. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine it's been a little been busy, busy around here because you know, like, look, people, like you said, they're they're out of work. They're looking yep. for money. Yeah. Um, and that's the way it is. Although, on I guess on the upside for some individuals, um, some individuals have gone on unemployment, and that extra six hundred dollars per week, as you know, that 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 came out of the new act. Has certainly helped. In fact, there 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 are a significant amount of people that are actually making more money on unemployment than they were making when they were working. Really, which is yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Well, Jeffrey, that was that's been very mind-boggling. I mean, um, information, and you you're a really easy person to talk to. You know, I, I'm I don't know what hearing you at all. Oh, I probably. Went on mute. Hello, can you still hear me? Hello, hello. Testing one, two, three. Okay, there you go. All right, I'm sorry. All right. I'm going on my Okay. All right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been really dense information, but very important information, especially for small businesses and uh, employees that are unemployed or or people looking for that that government money to help them, you know, weather this, this crazy storm. And we don't know when we're going to come out of it. Um, but you're, you're really easy to talk with. And, you know, you, you have a ton of information. You have, you know, very well laid out. So I appreciate that. So Thank you. I try to keep it very, uh, I, I try to layman. keep terms that, that, that's just what I call English as opposed to English. <laughs> so well, some of the legally, sometimes when you get into it, it just gets, you know, really, really crazy. Um, and, you know, if anybody's looking for me, you can go to Facebook on the home business hacks tips. And I actually even have a sign up. If you look at one of my posts for, for my email list. Nice. And, uh, yeah. I just um, updated. I mean, uh, there, there's been a ton of stuff. And like I said, I think that now that people are starting to get the money, you yeah, know, just as many clarifications coming out on you know what is a utility, what's considered yeah. rent, you know how can I pay somebody? Can I pay my employees bonuses? Mm-hmm. How does this money? How does it work? Because what happens is if you don't get, uh, and, I, and I didn't cover, if you don't get all of your money um, forgiven, mm-hmm. then what happens is they it turns into a loan that's payable over two years at one percent interest. So it's still cheap money. Yeah, in, in all honesty. And the way that it w- works, hopefully, is, you know, most of, if not all of it, will be forgiven and you won't have to worry about it. But if mm-hmm. you run into a situation where you do have to pay some back, um, it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. In fact, I even have a couple of clients that are thinking they, they're not going to be able to use all of it because they don't have, let's say, rent or utilities to use the part that's not payroll. Yeah. So they're thinking of paying off, you know, some credit cards and then just you know, having this loan at 1% for, for two years and, and paying that off and just saving a bunch of interest. So it's not, it's not, you know, that'll it's work not, too. That'll work too. And, and what is the limit 
that somebody can get a loan for? It's based on your payroll. Oh, okay. I mean, so there, if you there have are a poor other, there's a bunch of programs out there. I'm, I've gone over the most popular one, but there are some other what they call it, uh, economic injury disaster loans. Mm -hmm. I just see them written as EIDL. Yeah. That allow you up to like a thousand dollars an employee as a grant. Okay. And there's there, and the SBA also has loans themselves. You know, the PPP is a loan program within under SBA lending. Mm -hmm. The difference in that program it is that it has a forgiveness provision. So that you're able to, um, you're able to if you do things correctly, get a part of your loan forgiven, which normally results in taxable income. Right? Yeah. You have a cancellation of debt that's normally taxable income, unless there's a section in the code, in the Internal Revenue Code, that specifically states it's not. Fortunately, there was a provision put into the code for this, so that this money will not be taxable income. Yeah. Which is which is kind of very cool. Which is very. That cool. is pretty cool. Yeah. Cool, Matt. So that's that's the ton of information you, you talked to us about. You talked us. Sorry, I'm I'm a little exhausted. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but you know, we've had a really good conversation. You talked us through the, the tax code. Well, not through the tax code because that's impossible. But you told us a little bit about the CARES Act, a little bit about the PPP, and walked us through a little bit about your journey and why you got into or how you got into accounting and you, you know, you started your own business, but what was, um, what was your motivation towards accounting um, way back? You know what, when I, when I first started college, I actually was pre-med and uh, to be honest with you, I, I was um, doing pretty much anything but studying yeah. <laughs> my first semester <laughs> in college. And um, so that wasn't working out really well. And I really was just at the time looking for a profession when I was in college that I thought would, you know, I'd be able to make some money and, and that I thought would be, um, you, you know, something that would be stable. Yeah. And that they, you know, that, and, and you know, and, and, and you know, they're, 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 it, and it is. I mean, I, you know, I've seen people in different industries, like I've seen people in the construction industry where when times are good, have made, you know, an absolute fortune. And when yeah. times are bad, not so good. Mm -hmm. You know, where I've been much more steady, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. But just, just, you know, I can't say that. I mean, obviously, you know, in a year like this, it's just been, I mean, an incredible amount of work that was added. But again, like I said, clients needed help. Mm -hmm. but, uh, so, and, and when I was working for somebody, you know, like, as I said, for, you know, I worked for other people for about 11 and a half years. Yeah. Um, I got to the point where I, I just wasn't as happy with the firm I was at. And like I said, I went on my own because mm -hmm. I figured that would give me the most flexibility. It gave me the flexibility that if I decided I wanted to stay on my own, I could stay on my own. If I wanted yeah. to join another firm, I could join another firm. Or I could always have the option of going private accounting. I didn't yeah. like that option as much mm -hmm. because I was afraid, you know, right now I'm 57 years old. And I'm yeah. kind of afraid that, you know, what happens if I'm, you know, mid fifties mm -hmm. and I get fired. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm too young to retire mm -hmm. yet. You know, once you get to that age, you're, 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 you're not exactly the most marketable person because, you know, you tend to be making a little bit more money Yeah, and you're a little bit older. So, you know, people that are hiring are looking for somebody who's 35, you know, that's, that's less money and, and they're willing to mold them a little bit. So um, I just decided when I went on my own, um, I kind of liked having the control. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a control freak if I wasn't already. <laughs> and, um, and I also like the fact that, you know, I'm probably the only accountant, you know, that spends literally 90% of his life in a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Funny, I used to get all dressed up to go to these seminars <laughs> that I used to give in front of like 40 people. Yeah. Now I sit home and in my basement in a t-shirt and I make a Facebook live and <laughs> then 5,000 people look at it. So nice. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, it's a different, um, it's a, it's a different world out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I try to do it and I, I really appreciate you saying that I, that I um, simplify things because that's kind of, I don't know, I, I've, I've always had this bug up my butt, I guess, from mm-hmm. people that try to show you, you know, how smart they are. Oh, I'm never man. impressed by somebody that can confuse me with their profession. We all mm-hmm. do. And, and, and of course, you can take the language from your profession and confuse somebody who doesn't know that. And, exactly. and that doesn't impress me. What impresses me is, you know, like, let's say I'm talking to a doctor. If he or she can take a very complicated procedure and explain it to me in a way that I can understand it, that impresses me. You yeah. Know, the fact that you can use medical terms that I don't understand, mm-hmm. I, I would expect that. So that, yeah. that and, and that's kind of, you know, that's the, the approach that I always try to take with people is, you know, they want answers to their questions and, and everybody's question is just as important i mean i might be dealing with somebody who's going for a ppp loan for three hundred thousand dollars and i might have the conversation a minute later with somebody who's talking about you know a thousand dollar refund on their income tax return Mm -hmm. depending on where they are in life and what their expenses and everything are Mm -hmm. that one thousand dollars to that one person i mean i'll put it to you this way i've had i've had clients uh, when i was working for a firm i saw a guy write a check for a million two uh, for an extension without blinking. And I've had yeah. clients that if they owe a thousand dollars, have to go on a payment plan. So wow. yeah. you have to always, I mean, I had a boss one time that told me, and I always try to remember it, that you never use the words only if it's more than 50 cents. I mean, yes. I know that's a little overdramatic, but everybody's situation is different. And I, I try to just, you know, talk to everybody as individuals and, and, and find out what their needs are. You know, much like any other business. Yeah. Like any other business. No, that's really, really powerful, man. I appreciate it. I do have some questions at the end of the episode, the podcast. Yeah. All right. So quick questions. What is one hobby that you wish you got into? One hobby I wish I got into or the, or, I mean, wish I got into sooner or wish I got into period. Um, sooner or period, I don't know, something that you, I guess, and it's going to be a little, a little out of character, I guess, for an accountant, but, um, I don't think so. Started doing some singing a few years back. Oh, nice. Friends and I uh, get together and we play some, some rock music and, uh, yeah, I kind of wish, I guess I would have started that a little bit earlier in life. Yeah. As opposed to in my fifties, but (laughs) still fun. Still fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. I love it. All right. Next question. Sure. What did you want to be when you were a child? What did I want to be when I was a child? Wow. Um, I don't know. I probably, you know, I mean, I think as kids, we all wanted to be athletes and such. And believe me, there was no, no fear that that was going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, maybe a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, other, other than those types of things, I never really like had my heart set on being one thing. Yeah. It sure was an accountant. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that never crossed my mind. <laughs> hey. 
Well, one thing I wanted to say about being an accountant is that, you know, a lot of people say, hey, what should I go into so I can make a lot of money? Should I be a doctor? Should I be a mechanic? Should I be electrician, you know, engineer? But nobody, I mean, nobody talks about what if I just dealt with money and be a banker or be, well, be an do. accountant, An right? investment banker certainly were, were, were profession, but it, I mean, it all depends. There's, there's, yeah, there's it does. so many people I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen, believe it or not, I've seen doctors that make a ton of money. I've seen doctors yeah. that don't make a lot of money. I've seen the, you know, almost any profession I've, I've, I've seen it. I mean, uh, you know, I've seen people that are successful and people that aren't. Yeah. So, I, mean, I think no matter what, I think it's a matter of what you do. Like, in other words, you've got to, you have, you have to just go for what you have to do. Like, in other yeah. words, I, like I said to you, I saw when this law was written, I just looked at it and went, oh my God, this is going to be huge. Yeah. So, I mean, I just said, all right, let me start writing articles. Let me start doing Facebook lives. Let me start pumping stuff out on my mass email list. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's what I chose to do. Yeah. If, if you're in other fields, you know, obviously there's always things coming down the pike in whatever fields that you're in, you know, um, you have people that, you know, take care of disasters. So, when you know, a hurricane or something strikes and everybody's like, oh my God, we're out of business. You know, some of these people clean up because they're like, hey, this is, this is what we do. So the, the situations will dictate what you have to do. But I think almost any job, you know, you have to find something obviously that, that there's a need. I yeah. obviously always yeah. have to fulfill a need and you have to find something that you at least I'm not saying it's got to be your first love, but it's got to be something that you at least like enough that you can spend the appropriate amount of time with it. Because if you hate a job, it's almost impossible to, uh, to like go on your own for sure. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, as you know, going on your own is it, it's, it takes a lot of work. Oh um, yes, absolutely. But there's so many fields out there and things change. Like, even this pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, when things come back, I mean, things are not going to be the same. Like I, no. think, I think there's going to be a lot of good and a lot of bad. Like the, yeah. the good things that are going to come out of it, I think, are, you know, right now college is what sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now that parents are seeing their kids do school online, yeah, or or, or be schooled online, I think you're going to see a much greater demand for for online colleges where people say, hey, you know what? Instead of 70 grand a year, how about for like 10 or 15 a year? Yeah. So my kids can now you do lose some of the college experience. I'm not going to argue that stay mm-hmm. at home. But you know what? It, it depends because, you know, when you're spending, you know, over a quarter of a million between 250 and $300,000 for your child to go through college, yeah. you know, come out, you know, what kind of a job do you need to pay those kinds of loans off? And I think you're going to see some of those things. I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a, quite a bit of manufacturing, like of pharmaceuticals and different things. I think you're going to see that, you know, we're not going to be as reliant maybe on some other countries exactly. you know, in certain things. So, so I think there, you have to actually always be out looking to see what do you think is going to happen next? And that's going to also dictate what kind of fields because things change, like, you know, going way back, you know, I'm sure when you were an elevator operator in like mm-hmm. 1920, you know, or 19, you thought that your job was stable or if you worked a switchboard or yeah. something like that, which, you know, that now those jobs don't even exist. They don't even but, exist. Yeah. But then again, 
did, did the job exist of of someone who takes care of networking computer systems you know what i mean no. that didn't so so there's always i think there's always a, a, a fluctuation of yeah. some jobs will become extinct you know because of modernization and others will develop and you have exactly. to always be able to fill a need somewhere absolutely wow cool man thanks so much that was awesome next I have, I have like three more questions. We, we're sure, going to do a quick shot. All right. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Well, my favorite TV show is All in the Family. Um, mm. Just because I'm, I'm just kind of into comedy and I kind of yeah. like them because they picked on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they picked on everybody. Yeah. You can't do that in today's environment anymore. No, you can't. Because nobody can take a joke, but but that's just, or not, not a lot of people can but the few that can it's just it's not worth the the headaches that you're going to get but I, I, yeah. was just, I always thought that was kind of fun because they poke fun at everybody yeah um, awesome next question what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it i got to play a character in it. wow um i have no idea maybe the movie rock star Rockstar. Oh yeah. Look like, look like oh, a yeah, with Matthew. <laughs> with Matt uh what's that Matt Mark Wahlberg. Oh my god, that was such an awesome movie. Was it? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go watch it again, man. I'm gonna have to go watch it again. All right. Yes, and actually what's really interesting at the end of that movie, the singer yeah. that takes over him at the oh, yeah. one of is Miles Kennedy, who's actually one of my favorite singers. He sings with uh he, he sings in a band with Slash from Guns N' Roses, and he also uh -huh. is in a band called Alter Bridge. Um, but it's nice. really crazy. I watched that movie for years and never even knew that. <laughs> until years later, when somebody told me he was in it, and I went back and rewatched it. What? So it was That's it kind it. of interesting. Nice. All right, last question. Sure. If you were a board game, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> uh, Wow, if I was a board game, I have absolutely no idea. Um, <laughs> Twister, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, that one, I got to be honest, I don't have an answer for it. Dude, it could be easily Monopoly because you okay. deal with money, you help people, you know. Um, well, well, that works for you, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. So, folks, that was an awesome chat with Jeffrey Skolnick. I think I got that last name right. You did. You can find him on uh, jeffcpaworld.com. He's got an awesome Facebook page as well where he goes live and talk about home business tax tips. And um, I'll be talking with Jeffrey very near in the future because you know i have a need for a cpa <laughs> and awesome. i haven't i haven't uh, you know worked on my stuff in a while and um yeah man thank you so much for your time oh cool a lot of fun talk soon thank you for having me thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on hacks and hobbies we absolutely appreciate your contribution you can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today